Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to Inside Sources. I'm Ethan Miller. I'm filling in for Boyd Matheson today. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm really looking forward to this these next couple of hours, man. I I love doing Boyd's show. He's got a great team. Always has great things on the docket, and I'm just basically stepping in uh, to swing away. And I'm really looking forward to it. We've got a lot going on. We're even going to touch on a little bit of sports. So if you are looking forward as much as I am to the big rivalry game this weekend. Uh, then you'll want to definitely stick around through the show because we are going to hit that for sure. But first, we're going to take a little bit of an economic look. Uh, The U.S. economy added 235,000 jobs last month. Now, that's short of the over $700,000 that were expected by most economists. But we did see the unemployment rate fall from 5.4% to 5.2%. Now, that's headed in the correct direction. But there is a fair amount of stress right now over the fact, over how dramatically uh, things have slowed. Uh, so we've got an expert on here to uh, talk this through. We've got uh, Robert Spenlove is a member of the Utah State Legislature, also a senior vice president with Zions Bank. Robert, welcome. How are you? Great. How, uh, it's good to be with you, Ethan. Well, it's it's good to have you here. And, you know, it's it's disappointing. We didn't see as many jobs added as economists expected. But I, I do think that there is What's the what's the word I'm looking for? I do think that one positive element of all this is that we know why we know what the culprit is. It's the Delta variant. So I feel like Robert, even just knowing that, is a positive in this situation. Yeah, it's um, and you know what's funny is in a normal uh, year, you know, pre-COVID, two hundred thirty-five thousand jobs would be great. I mean, that's yeah. really good growth. The problem is we're digging out of this hole. You know, we're still 5 million jobs below our pre-pandemic peak. Right. So we've got to be doing so much to, to get back out of that. Um, but we, we, just like you said, we started to see some signs of this um, a few weeks ago. We call them high-frequency data. Okay. And, you know, things like uh, in-person dining, you know, open book reservations have been right. dropping. <clears throat> Airline passengers have been dropping. And then uh, last week we saw that consumer confidence was dropping. So we we started to see, <clears throat> excuse me, the early indicators. But then uh, the jobs report on Friday really started to solidify that, and we said, okay, we are actually seeing 
these impacts now. So given the continued economic expansion that we've been seeing and that I, I think most of us are expecting to continue, do you feel like once we get a handle on this Delta variant that we'll start to see that momentum return to the job market? I do. And it's, you know, it, 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 we're in this period. One of the kind of themes of the of the coronavirus has been this uncertainty because, uh, you know, it first hits and we lose tw- over 20 million jobs uh, in the spring of last year. And then we start to, you know, recover and then the fall hits last year and we see another, you know, wave. And then the spring comes and we really thought we were coming out of this and everyone was excited. They're coming back in again. But then the Delta variant comes on and we know that, you know, that there's another period of uncertainty. But what we know about the virus is that these waves kind of surge and then they go away. We're already seeing some signs of that yeah. in the South. So it's a matter of just kind of hanging on and saying, OK, we've got to deal with another surge. But there is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, you know, here in the state of Utah, we've been seeing weirdly something of the opposite problem. We've got uh, between fifteen and 20,000 jobs here in the state of Utah that are open, that are waiting to be filled, that are not filled. Now, uh, state leaders took the took the um, made the decision to eliminate the um, pandemic pandemic unemployment benefits back in June. And the expectation was is that people were not working because of the nice benefits. So if we get rid of them, that'll put them back to work. We did that back in June. These jobs, why haven't these jobs been filled yet? Well, there's, so it's easier to say what's happening than why it's happening. You know, we're always trying to figure out why, different economic trends or different uh, things are happening. So what we know is that the unemployment rate in Utah is, you know, among the lowest in the country, 2.6%. I mean, that's extremely low. So we've, we've already got this labor shortage. And there was, there was a theory that as those enhanced unemployment benefits ended, that it would pull more people back into the labor force. What's interesting is at least up till this point, uh, we haven't seen clear signs of that. So the states that didn't end the unemployment insurance early and the states that did are seeing similar employment patterns. And so what, what I would say is there's probably an overarching issue going on within the population. There's still a lot of fear about the spread of the virus. There's yeah. still struggles to get uh, uh, child care. And <clears throat> that's where we're really seeing a problem, especially in the last month is we saw a lot of women coming back into the labor force a few months ago. But in August, that trend reversed, and we saw a very low number. It was only about 20% of the people coming into the labor force were were women. And so we continue to see that struggle, and I think that's directly tied to child care. Yeah, it, it must be an, an concern over what a family is going to do if, if, someone, if someone got sick. Uh, you know, who's, Absolutely. Who's, Who's going to take care of a child who needs to be cared for for an extended period of time? Um, and so you can absolutely see how women end up having to make those hard decisions. Um, one more question on the enhanced pandemic uh, benefits. And I, and I don't know if you guys are tracking this, but has anyone looked to see how much money we basically gave up because, you know, those those enhanced benefits were designed to keep families afloat. They were also designed to inject money into the economy. These enhanced benefits were then taken to the, the store and spent. 
Um, have we? Do we know how much money Utah gave up by ending the um, the un- unemployment benefits basically for nothing? I don't know that exact answer. Um, it, you know, it, it's got to be in the in the million dollars. Um, but one of the things that we've seen um, overall is that uh, savings rates. If you look at kind of the the overall savings rate, personal savings rate for uh, uh, people in America, that has skyrocketed. Uh, yeah. it, it, so before the pandemic, it was right around seven percent. Uh, in April of 2000, it jumped up to 34%. Right now, it's at 9%. So what's happening is this infusion of federal money has uh, given put people in a much better financial position than they were in before the pandemic. And so that, I mean, that's one of the benefits is people have had much more flexibility in how they make their employment decisions. Now, the downside, of course, is that uh, it, it's harder to get those people to come back into the labor force. They're saying, well, I've got money in the bank. I've got money in savings. My retirement account is doing okay. I don't need to rush back into a job, which is why we're seeing this big labor shortage. Yeah. All right, Robert Spenlove, he is Senior Vice President with Zions Bank. A lot of great uh, insight uh, today, this afternoon. Robert, thanks so much for joining us today. Great to talk to you. Uh, so we'll let Robert go. And uh, as we go to the break here, I, boy, I thought Robert made an excellent point at how the um, how that stimulus effort increased savings and increased family savings and personal savings. And I think that is so gratifying. And one of the real kind of good news headlines that gets overlooked during the pandemic is so many families chose to take that money and set it aside. And I think that is so smart. I, I, I'm a firm believer that everyone should be invested in this in, in, in the American economy. It it really changes your outlook. It, it opens up economic uh, opportunities opportunities for the future. It gets you excited. It gets you engaged. It gets you learning. And so seeing more families do that with the stimulus money and, you know, uh, many, many of you are going to continue to receive that child tax credit every month. And if you, you know, if, if it doesn't need to go to a real deal emergency, I strongly recommend that that set aside and and prudently invested for the, for the future. It, It really will, uh, pay dividends, not just financially, but also um, emotionally, psychologically. You'll have less anxiety. It's just, it's just better off all around. All right, we got to take a quick break here. When we come back, though, we've got plenty more. We're going to talk about the rising crime in Salt Lake City around Pioneer Park, specifically. Mary Richards joins us next. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985. A woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.